0: what's up everybody welcome to it's not that terrible the podcast where i zach brown sit with my co-host
1: morgan heislip
0: what's up morgan and we talk about the terrible movies that we love and this week we are entering our first series we are doing the view askewness universe that the ones that are not great so we're not doing clerks we're not doing chasing amy unfortunately we are doing jay and silent bob strikes back for this week's episode morgan what is your kind of history with the view askewness?
1: Um, man, with view Askew, it's interesting. It's definitely my, my main, um, my main point of reference is absolutely Jan Silent Bob. This is one of my, fa- one of my favorite comedies of all time. After watching it today, I don't really, I don't really uh, feel that way anymore, but I do remember my history with this is comedy central hands down. Um, staying up, really late and back in the day if you all remember in the early mid 2000s comedy central would play uncensored versions of films at midnight because they couldn't because it was just up late and i remember staying up i was in fourth grade this was i cannot believe i watched this movie in fourth grade um but I remember I was around eight or nine years old. I stayed up until midnight just to watch the uncut version of this movie because I could not believe how many times they said fuck. And that's kind of my re- that's yeah, that's kind of my point of reference with you askew. Um, I also did the same thing with Dogma, but I have not seen Dogma since I was probably eight or nine years old. And as you and I discussed pre-show, it's impossible to find Dogma anywhere now either. So that kinda sucks. But I haven't seen Chasing Amy or Maw Rats.
0: Oh, I cannot wait for you to watch Maul Rats. It is yeah. so good. Yeah, with me, I saw this movie back probably I was probably the same age you were when you watched it. Granted, mm-hmm. it was like ten years ago. But sure. when I saw this, I it was on Netflix, I remember watching it and not knowing what the hell it was and thinking yeah. it was a sequel to a movie I'd never seen before. Cause I had no <laughs> idea who Kevin Smith was or like what the view was. So I watched this and I was like I, this is so confusing. I don't know what I'm missing. Come to find out, I'm missing like eight movies before it that are not yeah. Jane Silent Bob movies. Yeah. But I am a huge View Askew guy. I've actually, this is kind of my uh, my biggest sin. I've never seen Dogma before because it's mm-hmm. so hard to find. Yeah. But I love everything View Askew. I like this a lot. I love the reboot. I know the reboot's probably the highest rated of the two movies. But I feel like it's the most split movie because I think it is like, it's making fun of the View Askew. And it's also pretty fun. Yeah. But with this one, I I remember seeing it back then, and then I watched it probably 6 months ago, and then I watched it again la- like about an hour ago. And I I love this movie. It does not hold up. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. But I really I really do like this movie just cuz it's it's right up my alley in humor. Yeah. Again, it does not hold up some dumb shit. that part I don't like, but it's yeah. a dumb stoner comedy that is just like right up my alley.
1: Yeah, totally. It was like it's this is kind of like um pineapple express before pineapple express almost except the movie's not about drugs i guess if that makes sense um but i guess back to the view askew thing i totally i've seen i've seen clerks and clerks too i should i should totally throw that out there before i get railed by uh the folks who listen um i have seen clerks one and two i adore clerks one and two one more than two um, but aside from that, I think think my view askew history is pretty um, pretty limited. And I also, for full disclosure, I've not seen the reboot. Zach has.
0: Yeah, if you want to watch the reboot, it's on Amazon Prime. Just throwing it out yeah. there. Okay. But um, and when it comes to the, like Kevin Smith and the View Skew stuff, one mm-hmm. of like the it's not a part of the the series, like it's not part of the the universe. The comic book men show that's on AMC. It's on Amazon Prime now. Is yeah. excellent because that entire crew is just great.
1: Yeah, but I need to enough, check that out
0: too. Oh yeah, it is. It's really great. Enough with like talking about the view Q universe. I'm talk about the movie itself. Janson sure. Bob Strike Back, Kevin Smith directed, 2001 holds a 51, percent which is right on the edge. We talked about it earlier before the show. I think from now on, the show we're gonna do is in order to be able to find movies, I think we're gonna cut it off at 60 on Metacritic will be our cutoff for movies we'll mm. talk about, and we'll kind of mention beforehand our the rating and if it's like, hey, movies kind of higher rated than others, but it's really yeah. hard to find films that are below 30% that we want to use for the show. And so that's yeah. kind of where we're going to cut off. Is 60% will be our cutoff from now on because it's yeah. really hard to find films below that.
1: Yeah. And we kind of reached that decision unanimously. Actually. Um, I was thinking about it last night and then pre-show Zach was just like, Hey, let's do 60%. I was like, Oh, thank God. Cause I was thinking the same thing. And cause, cause Zach did a wonderful job of like mapping out a, a roadmap of uh, really, really interesting movies. And I guess this also helps we don't want to actually do real bad movies. I think um Kung Pow last week with our good bud cam was different because Kung Pow Kung Pow is is quote quote bad, but it's also one of those movies that we knew going in that it was our shit whereas these we still want to do stuff that we love and you know, give a little bit of commentary and have a lot of fun. But and I think the 50 to 60 um range gives us that and it's like Zach said it's really hard to find stuff that we want to do that is 30% below or stuff that we want to do or stuff that we can do you know
0: yeah it's a a good point and I think it's kind of where we'll we'll kind of end the part of like this is what we're going to do and hopefully you guys will be along for the ride with us because it's going to be fun Mm -hmm. but now I want to talk about the movie little plot synopsis in case you've <clears throat> not seen the movie, which oh. if you're listening to the podcast, you might want to see the movie. It'd probably help a little bit. Yeah. Um, this follows Jay and silent Bob, who are just two side characters and clerks and clerks too. And every view movie they've been in. Uh, and it kind of follows them as they're trying to stop the production of the blunt man, and chronic movie, which is a, a comic book that was written about their alter egos that has been sold to Miramax. Fuck Miramax. As the movie says a lot. And really? it's about them trying to stop the movie and the shenanigans along the way. I do want to do some quick trivia that I found very interesting. There's only two things for this. One's cool. One's kind of sad. The first one is the baby Silent Bob in the beginning is played by Harley Quinn Smith, who is Kevin Smith's daughter, which I did not know until I looked that up.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that until I saw you put it in the dock here, and that's pretty cool, honestly. But it totally, it totally tracks that Kevin Smith would just put his fucking like two, or uh, like one year old kid in a in a stroller and just let like just just I don't know, like it just it just tracks, I guess, because Kevin's just such a family oriented guy, and Harley Quinn uh, even now is doing stuff in his films too, so that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, because she plays a big part in Reboot, which is funny. But yeah. um, and also, on, the, on a sad note, this movie almost didn't happen because as it's very well known. Jason Mewes, for a very mm-hmm. long time, had a terrible drug and alcohol problem. Yeah. And there was an interview with Kevin Smith where he talks about how he basically told Jason straight up, if he didn't get clean, they would never talk again, and the movie never happened. So I guess throughout most of the production of this, it was a nightmare because Jason Mewes was so drugged out and drunk <sighs> through most of the time. And it's really sad to see, but it's great to see him now. I mean, he's clean. Yeah. He's got a kid. And he's really—it's really great to see the kind of the turnaround that Kevin yeah. Smith kind of pushed to happen with him.
1: Yeah, and I think I think despite what you know, what you can say about Kevin Smith, um, his filmmaking and his writing, because not all of his movies—if not many of them—hit uh, very hard. You know, um, not not many of them are very critically critically acclaimed, but they're all they're all cult hits. But you can you may not be able to say that Kevin Smith is a great filmmaker, but Kevin Smith generally as a person is like a really rad dude. Um, I implore like anybody to like check out his comic book show, check out his comic book podcast, anything like that. Cause Kevin Smith is a really smart dude and Jason Mewes, he did He did a huge favor and he's a very good friend uh, to Jason for pulling him out of that rut. Cause that's, that's a nightmare. That's an absolute nightmare. And I'm so glad this movie happened because of it, despite all of uh all of the terrible very terrible 2000s humor that we come yeah, to no uh, kidding we come will talk find it later interview. that is yeah
0: that is bad
1: and another right. fun fact go one ahead. more before we go uh piece of trivia this movie fuck is in the script more than 200 times that is something i did not i've gotten so like
0: numb to i didn't notice until the very end i was yeah. the like the trivia i was like wow, it is isn't this a lot, and I never, never realized it.
1: It's like every other word, and I think that's probably the fascination with it whenever I was like eight or nine years old, because my fa- I had never heard that word before. And, you know, you grew up watching the Christmas story, and you know that the kid in the Christmas story said this, like, unforgivably bad word, but you never knew what it was, um, because they just say fudge. And I was like, as a kid, I was like, oh, he just said fudge. What's crazy about that? And then watching <laughs> this, you sh- you realize what bad words really are. So yeah, there's like some sort of weird um, fascination with swearing in my uh, in my past, and I guess this movie really feel, uh, really uh, stoked that fire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this is definitely is not a movie to watch with your kids. It mm-hmm. is definitely uh, God, definitely no. the higher end of R.
1: Yes, absolutely. This is the filthiest movie we've done so far.
0: Oh, easily. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about the movie because All right. I have quite a few thoughts, and I don't want to keep people waiting for too long. Let's do it. So, this movie, I like how they use like if you're a part, if you know the USQ universe, if you know the Kevin Smith kind of world, the fact mm. that they use the secret stash that is now a comic book shop owned by Kevin Smith as yeah. Brody's uh, comic book shop early in the movie. Brody, a character from the USQ universe in case yeah. no one knew that it's really interesting to see kind of how he uses like red bank jersey and like the jersey area for mm-hmm. his filming
1: yeah and it's all consistent too like all of the um it's it's kind of interesting because this was doing kevin smith had his own cinematic universe before marvel ever did now to compare that is very interesting and not recommended but because they're very on varying levels of quality across the board but it's very cool that Kevin Smith in the nineties set up this foundation of things that he wanted to do, um, or I guess characters that he had. And he could just, he could just pick and choose and just write these individual stories about these characters. And Jay and Silent Bob, I think their first appearance was in clerks uh, outside of the, outside of the convenience store. And so that's where the birth of Jay and Silent Bob came from. And Strikes Back is kind of their sequel to clerks. It even starts out, ads outside of the store in clerks i mean he literally says well a customer says are you even supposed to be here today and the guy says don't even get me started like it's it's very on the nose and it's all it's all super cool so i'm glad that kevin smith has the ability or had the ability or i guess the idea to keep something so consistent even in the late nineties and early two thousands with something like this. And it's just kind of like nods for his fan base. So like, Oh, I love Kevin Smith movies. Well then like, you're totally going to get this really cool reference from like 94, you know? And this movie came out when two that? Yeah. 2001, 2001. which kind of, yeah. yeah kind of crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think one of the, like the, the big parts is like, yes, the Jane, Jane's not movie, but it's mm-hmm. a very big, like the ensemble cast, the entire film, the side characters are a big part of like what makes it so much fun. Cause like the yeah. George Carlin scene <laughs> on the side of the road. So good. And then we have Carrie Fisher as a nun, which is another scene that is fucking hilarious.
1: Rest, like, in, it, peace rest in peace, George Carlin and Fisher Carrie and
0: George Carlin.
1: Yeah, truly. Like it's kind of wild that they both got, um, that they both, have, both have passed now and they both got, uh, looped in into the same bit in this movie. Um, and if, and if the audience doesn't know what we're talking about, George Carlin plays a, um, a hitchhiker and his whole bit is that, um, he's trying to get a, he's trying to get a ride and he's got a sign that says, we'll, um, uh, God, we'll hitch for head or something like that. And, and yeah, like, we'll
0: give head for, we'll give, we'll blow for a ride or something like that. I can't remember the my head.
1: Yeah. And so Jay and Silent, Jay and him have this conversation about, um, about, being gay and George Carlin being the very progressive comedian that he was uh, has a very very great line where he's like don't be so suburban gay straight it's all the same now and I'm just like hell yeah George you fucking preach it because the rest of this movie does not preach that and then whenever they do finally get picked up it's by Carrie Fisher who is dressed up as a nun (laughs) and Jay thinks that the book that she's speaking of is the unwritten book of the road Uh, referenced by george carlin earlier in the bit um but yeah it's very it's very funny that they both got lumped into this bit and they are both unfortunately not with us anymore
0: yeah i I think those two are really great side characters in the film like just for a very small bit but i think the entire group of the girls they meet are probably are great because like yeah i'm I'm saying here i said before the show i'll say it here i will simp for elijah dushku yeah, and I don't care who knows it, because yeah. I think that she is a wonderful woman and actress.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel see Eliza Dushku is probably one of my first crushes, because before the show, we were talking about Bring It On uh, and Eliza Dushku like plays the punk uh, punk sort of cheerleader character in Bring It On and God seeing her in this Eliza Dushku is just great. I wish I wish she was still around doing stuff because she was always consistently good. And she's great in this, too.
0: Oh, she's excellent in this. She's really funny in this. Um, yeah. And then we get, like, that group that they form, like, <laughs> the, it's a running, it they really make the clit joke just so they can make mm-hmm. a, a long running through the entire film jokes about clit. Yeah. That are not funny, but they're so overused that it makes me laugh.
1: Yeah, totally. It's that, it's that sort of, uh, keep going until someone laughs type of humor.
0: Yeah. And I, I, yeah it's it's so good it's not it's not good i say it's so good but it's not it's just very kevin smith to say a joke over and over again until yeah. you
1: laugh yeah no yeah it's a bad joke but it's just like yeah of course will farrell gets really hung up on this terrorist organization called <laughs> clit and he immediately goes i need you i need you to get me on the national news ah uh, so so dumb so dumb I, but
0: yeah it it's so ridiculous and nothing is will farrell uh, is a, a good point like his yeah. character this movie is very SNL character of Will Ferrell. It's not like Will Ferrell doing a comedy like a Step yeah. Brothers. I don't know how to exp- how to really explain it, but like the the way he acts in this is mm-hmm. much more of like an SNL skit than a, a movie character. Yeah, it's which fairly, kind of yeah. I guess is the point.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean, if you watch, it's very sketch comedy. Will Ferrell, like you said, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because like sketch comedy acting and like modern comedy acting is very different. And Will Ferrell in this movie kind of just has that embodiment of like being on a stage. He has a stage presence in this, which is a interesting thing. Um, But Will Ferrell, yeah, is consistently very funny. And he's just this really dumb, goofy wildlife, federal wildlife marshal. Um, If any of you watched Tiger. Yeah, with a hidden edge, with a hidden badge. You're right. Uh, If any of you all have watched uh, Tiger King recently. So. Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, like, Will, Will Ferrell in this movie is very good.
0: It's like, I want to talk about, I want to big chunk of our discussion uh, about the Miramax, mm-hmm. like, the, the climax of the film is all set in the Miramax <laughs> studios. Yeah. And they're probably some of the, some of the best jokes in this. Um, we get Ben Affleck, making fun of Ben Affleck for most of the time, which Ben Affleck, also in the movie, is a big part. Like, he has a bunch of, a bunch of roles <laughs> in yeah. the movie that is great
1: yeah it's like kevin smith has a i I know kevin smith and ben affleck back in the day were whenever they were making this were very good friends so it's almost like there's this weird fascination with ben affleck all over this movie
0: yeah i I like the the joke about calling in a code and it being there being one code just for ben affleck having a dead hooker which is not funny (laughs) but is funny because there's this scene when they're in the set for goodwill hunting Two hunting is it hunting day is that what it's called hunting season uh, hunting season yeah that's what it is yeah (laughs) and uh the officer yells out a code and matt damon looks at ben affleck and ben affleck goes it didn't happen this time i'd never hook her today (laughs) it's just (laughs) it's ben affleck being forced to make fun of himself by kevin smith that is just so funny
1: yeah and not lest we forget that ben affleck at the beginning of this movie plays holden mcneil who was one of the creators of blunt man and chronic who uh jay and silent bob are the likeness or a basis likeness for And in that bit, Ben Affleck comments, or sorry, Holden McNeil comments on Ben Affleck. And, uh, cause who was it? It was like, it was Jay was just like, wait, who's Ben Affleck? And he's like, oh, you know, like, uh, he was in, he was in, uh, this, this, and this. And he's like, oh yeah, Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. And he's like, hell (laughs) yeah. Like just dumb shit like that. Just very... Very self aware sort of dumb shit. It, ben Affleck's really funny in this movie.
0: Talk about self aware. The fourth wall breaks that they yeah. have. Them, there's only a few of them, but they're really good. Like earlier in the film, they're talking about what kind of jagoff would we'll to go see a movie about Jay and Silent Bob, and they have that. <laughs> that they have that beat of silence in the turn that just every time made me laugh. Yeah, and they have it later perfect. in the Goodwill Hunting two scene where Ben Affleck and Matt Damon talk about owing a favor. The only reason you do a revenge movie is owe a favor to a friend. And they both yeah. look at the camera because they both owed Kevin Smith from doing Dogma.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> and it's just it's such a good it's good self-aware comedy, so the movie really is just great self-aware comedy that isn't in most of the other um the other VSQ movies, like Morris doesn't kinda have this kind of comedy. This is really just yeah. like the meta this is the meta version of a of a VSQ movie. This and this <laughs> yeah. and the reboot both have that kind of meta self aware humor.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a um and that's a big reason why I love this movie so much as a kid too. Or I say as a kid, but you know, like I love this movie growing up is because it's very it's a parody of itself in a weird way and it doesn't what's the I what's I'm losing my train of thought here, but it's a it's a parody of itself in a way and I think that this movie would hold up if they didn't rely on the run the entire movie is a gay joke like let's just get that out there
0: yeah like, and there's also a, a self-aware moment of that also at the very end when um they're leaving the blood Man and crock movie and i think it's i think it's one of the guys from comic book men mentions it's like just a yeah. long-running gay joke and it's it it tries to be self-aware to make it not bad but yeah, it's to still justify pretty it. terrible it's still pretty terrible
1: yeah it's still pretty terrible because the entire movie kind of just like expects you to laugh uh at it regardless and then it's just like at the end he's like oh yeah but that's the point (laughs) like yeah okay that's the point but it doesn't actually make it make it good and i think that like i said i think the i think the long running the long-running gay joke that is this movie is the one reason i don't think it holds up you know Um, yeah I,
0: i agree with you completely
1: yeah and we'll save our negative thoughts for after the show i just felt like that was worth saying uh right now to give a little bit of preface because like I went into this movie super, super excited to, to watch it and like have a good laugh, but it was kind of marred by a lot of it. And given this movie is still very, very funny in a lot of really great ways. It just kind of sucks that, um, sucks that watching it in 2020, it does in fact hit different.
0: Yeah. And I want to kind of close out our discussion of the film itself. Um, at least my part of it with talking about the cameos because the movie is fucking full of cameos. We have Wes Craven, rest in peace, Wes Craven. I love mm-hmm. all his films. And we have yeah. James Vanderbeek and Jason Biggs, which are really funny, really funny characters in the movie. So
1: good. Yeah.
0: Uh and there's a funny little thing. Whenever uh Jay asks Jason Biggs if he ever if he ever hooked up with the foreign chick, he's talking about Shannon Elizabeth who played Nadia in American Pie, but yes. she also plays Justice Booby <laughs> Kitty Fuck in this movie. <laughs> which Kittyfuck. I think is a is a is a really good kind of uh just a good self-aware humor and then there's chris rock and jamie kennedy chris rock playing the director let it
1: let it be known that chris rock's like entire entire bit is probably my favorite part of this whole movie like it is so so good because he does play the embodiment of like um the stereotypical quote mad black man but it is it is so good and so justified, and it's so funny and it's so Chris Rock, like who is still to this day one of the funniest comedians on this planet. I love Chris Rock so much, yeah, and the his way interactions he just with, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> I was gonna get yeah, to his, that.
0: His interactions with Jamie Kennedy and his interactions with like the rest of this crew are so yeah. funny, and I like how like, they brought Jamie Kennedy back because Miramax kills him off in Scream, which is they should never done. That's just my opinion. Yeah, Scream fuck 3 Miramax.
1: Sucks. Fuck Miramax, dude. Yeah,
0: and then we have the Mark Hamill cameo, which mm-hmm. it, it may seem kind of weird that they put up the sign that says, hey, kids, it's Mark Hamill, applause. But I was watching an interview. I think it might have been like a like a Kevin Smith breaking down all of the VSQ movies. Mm-hmm. But he talks about the reason they put that kind of like that card in there is because test audiences didn't realize it was Mark Hamill because his makeup, his makeup and his costume were so large that yeah. if you think about it, it's really hard to tell it's Mark Hamill. Like, you cannot tell it's Mark Hamill.
1: It absolutely is almost near impossible to even I didn't even recognize Carrie Fisher until probably a few years ago when I saw this again for like, you know, for the first time in probably like 10 years. I didn't even know it was Carrie Fisher. And then then I saw Mark Hamill and I was like, holy fuck, like Luke and Leia are both in this movie. I guess it just exemplifies, you know, Kevin Smith's fascination with Star Wars, but it's. It's really interesting to see, but it's I it makes sense that they would put in a title card for that even though it just kind of adds to that sort of fourth wall humor that seems heavier handed in that bit than it does whenever they just kind of look at the camera and and smile,
0: you know? Oh, yeah, it is much it's it's much heavier it's a, handed in that scene than even yeah. when they break the fourth wall literally. It's just very odd. Yeah. Um and then like they have John Stewart who is the um the news anchor. That it mm-hmm. took me forever to figure out it was John Stewart. because He looks so young, it threw me off.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, what's funny? What's funny about this is this came out. Um, this came out only a few years after. Was it three, four years after Big Daddy? And John Stewart. Oh, Big Daddy. What a great movie. God, Big Daddy touched my heart, dude. Um, John Stewart in Big Daddy uh, is kind of like my my base reference for John Stewart, which is really funny because as a kid, I saw Big Daddy with my own dad. And uh, that's a that's a very like father son mo- uh, movie for me and my dad. And I remember Jon Stewart just playing the, his roommate character who's kind of only in it, you know, in a few different spots. And then growing up and seeing that, John, I was like, wait, the dude from Big Daddy has a fucking new show. And then to see him to see him interviewing Will Ferrell in this, it's just like it's so good because Jon Stewart is fucking hilarious. And like his delivery on Will Ferrell, he's like shocking just it's so good it's absolutely so i'm
0: good. going to be completely honest with you right now i was searching mm-hmm. the big daddy cast list because i really thought you made a mistake saying john stewart was in that movie i did yeah. not realize john stewart was in big daddy and yeah, i watched that the movie a hundred times easily
1: he, he's the he's the roommate and he is. that is his, wild and his fiance's sister plays um plays i cannot i wish i knew her name she's in this movie for a cameo she's in chasing amy and she's also in dazed and confused
0: oh uh, is it, is it joy i don't lauren know adams? is that who it is it's yeah B- it is it's the- joy lauren adams yeah
1: okay yeah so like there's a lot of weird crossover between this movie and big daddy <laughs> <laughs> wow you're yeah. right i never noticed that i didn't think we'd get here <laughs> but yeah that's actually
0: yeah, like all the B- vosq movies Wow, I never realized that.
1: Yeah. Also, I totally
0: added Big Daddy to our list. We will be doing that one day for the show.
1: Hell yeah, we're gonna do Big Daddy, guys.
0: Yeah, and I think like the one last thing I want to talk about is the very end when Jay and Silent Bob go and attack all the shit posters (laughs) when they get all the money.
1: (laughs) Which that's really funny considering like watching it in 2020 and everybody is quote uh, very online and. To see to see Jay and Silent Bob, Jay specifically, get up in arms over these internet like shit posters and stuff like that, it's just so funny because we all know who these people, these keyboard warriors are, and we all know the type. And to see it in two thousand and one, and then to see it like and to think about it now in our own, in modern context, like man, it would feel really fucking good to fly across the country and beat the fuck out of these kids <laughs> for just like saying stupid shit on the internet about people who were real people. <laughs> like, good on that's the one thing I'll say about J and Silent Bob. Good on them for beating up those kids. They fucking needed yeah. it. Fuck those kids. Fuck them. Did kids. you
0: did you stay through the entire credits or did you fast forward the credits?
1: Um, I've seen the whole credits before, but no, I didn't, I didn't stick through it this time. The
0: after credit scene is, um, uh, Alanis Morissette closing the book on view askew.
1: No. Which I had forgotten
0: that that was there. Yeah. Cause she plays God and she plays God in, uh, in Dogmo. I've never <laughs> seen Dogmo, but I do know that one fact because I'm a huge Alanis uh, Morissette fan.
1: That is so good, dude. Oh my God. But yeah, God. they have her
0: at the very end as God closing the book on view askew.
1: Oh dude, that's so good. Shout out to Alanis mm. Morissette. <sighs> Maybe- Maybe we should just uh, use one of her songs for our intro and outro on the oh, show. Oh, absolutely. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll take the, I'll take the copyright <laughs> hit. Okay. We'll just never monetize the show <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we'll never monetize it.
0: And I think that's really all I have in our discussion. I don't know if you have any more things you want to talk about, but I, I really wish I, like the, the best kind of fun parts of the movie.
1: Yeah. I wish I did. Uh, just for the sake of like, just for the sake of conversation, honestly, um, but overall, like I do, I do love this movie still. It's still very, like very close to me. And I love, we didn't even mention, didn't even mention the Scooby-Doo bit.
0: Oh shit. I for- oh man.
1: Yeah. The where, Scooby-Doo bit. <laughs> where it's like he, he, Jay is asleep and he's having this fucking terrible dream that you don't realize he's having. They find this seedy van and you see this, um, you see this sort of ragtag uh version of scooby-doo which is pretty funny considering this movie came out right before the james Gunn scooby-doo uh the very next year um but yeah and then he wakes he he wakes up because he shaggy suggests cutting out their kidneys yes. <laughs> and selling them on the black market and leaving them on a tub full of ice like oh man I that's and that's a very good part of the movie that I can't even believe we skipped over but it's just I, yeah
0: it's one of, it's like that, that section of the movie is just so loaded I totally forgot about it because yeah. it's so and they go to the, is it movies is the restaurant that's in like every it, single one of the movies yes and but they you can now order up, now on DoorDash in L.A. Hey.
1: And they wake up in Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> oh, that's right! <laughs> the, Holy shit, yeah. they do. <laughs> I noticed the sign. I was like, "Oh yeah, these fuckers just woke up in Kansas City, and they're gonna walk to a movie's okay." <laughs> like cool, okay, dude. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I think that's kind of I think that's kind of all I have for it because I really, to be perfectly honest, I've never wanted to get more into why a movie is terrible, like on this, yeah, show. because. While I did want to preface all of this with like how much we how much we enjoyed it because it is a good laugh, um, even though it's just like a bunch of dick and fart jokes, uh, kind of the whole way through, uh, there is a lot to talk about. And whenever we get to, is it that terrible?
0: And we'll do that as soon as we get out of this break. We'll see you guys right back. Booyah. And we are back from our break now it's time to discuss is jay and silent bob strike back that terrible morgan i think you and i both have a a lot of discussion about this this has been a really hard movie to cover Mm -hmm. because while it's so fun it's also really bad in the light of day
1: yeah totally um even just talking about it um in the break we just had like a full transparency. I would really hate for this episode to be um one of our shorter episodes, but the fact of the matter is, like, this movie is very tough to talk about. uh, And it sucks, because it sucks to, like, look back on something with rose-colored glasses for at least, almost for me, almost 20 years, and kind of just get your heart crushed by it in a weird way on a Sunday morning. You know? Like... It's it's weird. Um, yeah, this
0: movie is for sure not easy like a Sunday morning. It is. Yeah, it is a rough one to get through. And I feel like this kind of this has been kind of a solemn feeling podcast as we're trying to talk about how fun it is. But it's also just like it the the amount this movie pushes on, like mm-hmm. the gay joke that the entire movie is. Yeah, it's just really hard. And it and there are moments maybe laugh out loud, but sure. it's just it, it's very ugly once you put it under a spotlight, which is unfortunate.
1: Yeah, and for full for full disclosure, the problem with this is that like we want to do like a really fun podcast and everyone have a good time, but the thing is, this movie like needs criticism and like and it's um and yeah, like putting all of putting all of our good thoughts here at the like at the beginning of the show um was a great idea, and I'm glad we did because I want to be able to see the good and everything, and I also want to be able to um commentate on all of the shit that it gets wrong and it gets a lot of shit wrong it gets a lot of shit wrong for the majority of this movie um it's hard for me not to get up on a soapbox and like rant about it but it is what it is um aside from yeah it's it's just tough because i don't want to like um i don't want to be that guy but we both have to be that guy right now, you know.
0: Yep, which is unfortunate. And I will yep. say something that is not involved in this movie that I think needs to be talked about. Uh, and just like I'll say it in three short words: fuck Harvey Weinstein, because this yeah. is part another dimension film. Mm-hmm. All I want to say: fuck Harvey Weinstein. That is the national s- census. It's my census.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate it,
0: that seeing a movie like this, you have to see that you have to kind of connect that name to it, which is unfortunate.
1: Yeah, but, but give us dogma. The record. Yeah, but for the record, this is our second this is our second Miramax movie that we've done, um, both of which have Harvey Weinstein's name attached. Our very first episode and this, um, we will continue to say fuck Harvey Weinstein in every single episode that we do, um, or every single Miramax episode that we do, because fuck Harvey Weinstein. Um, he he deserves everything that he got. It sucks that um, his name is on so much shit, but. He deserves to be called out. And also, like, that's Zach's bit. My next thing on this is the dialogue in this movie is written like everyone is way too smart. Do you feel that way, Zach? Yeah, I do. I think it also, it it helps with the humor at
0: some points. Like, um, the very end when Silent Bob finally speaks and Kevin Smith talks and gives uh, the big monologue about how how the company's at fault for using their likenesses. That's really funny, and that's a bit yes. in a couple, and like it's in the reboot also of Bo- of Silent Bob breaking his silence and saying something really smart and funny, and yeah. I think there are bits in the movie where it's really funny, but it's also super weird sometimes.
1: Yeah, totally. And whenever they're at um whenever they're at the comic book shop, and uh, Brody is like, or is that his name? Um, yeah, it, that's right. It, it's Brody. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Brody's like giving them like the like this like long thing, and he's just like, um he's like, here's here is the pulse. Here's you guys, and he's just like, here's where you are, like this far away from the pole, like and sticks his finger. It's like this really long dumb joke that like is is like super masturbatory in a weird way like like it's totally the type of joke which is like oh i'm a really smart guy and i think this type of like i think this joke is gonna fucking land and it just doesn't fucking land like at all and the same sort of thing happens whenever they go to Holden mcneil's place and they talk to ben affleck and ben affleck has some very like he has to he has to get a lot of exposition out of the way because he's explaining to jay what the internet is and to be fair <laughs> In a lot of ways, like Ben Affleck's explanation of the Internet is very valid and uh, also just uh, surprisingly accurate. But the way that it's written is just like, okay, Kevin, I get that you want to make like you you want to have like a funny line here, but you're not writing how actual real people talk, you know? Yeah, I think it's
0: also a very view askew thing, though, is like the random moments of like him speaking like he's reading out of a manual yes. that it's it's I will go to the church of Kevin Smith no matter what cuz I fucking love everything he does. Yes. But I think that's one of the things that like I get annoyed with the most is kind of that break in the normalcy of the movie just to have that moment. And yeah. I it, it is funny but it's also annoying at the same time it's very weird.
1: Well, when it works comedically it works, you know. And he he does it he does it so many times in this movie that it's just like Okay, man, like, the only two, like, as far as, like, dialogue goes, I think Jay is probably the best one, because I think Jay's, Jay's inflection in the things that he says, because it's all really fucking dumb shit, like, it's all hilarious, it's all, like, Jay is easily the funniest character in the movie, um, despite the constant barrage of, like, dick and fart jokes, you know?
0: Yeah, there was one moment, like, it really hit me, it was the moment in the van when he mm-hmm. asks her what a trouser snake is, I'm like, Gosh. "Holy fuck! This is a joke that would not happen. That no. should not happen.
1: Absolutely, like, not. I, it
0: would not. But it shouldn't happen to begin with. But, no. And they they try to save it with the the devil and the angel scene, but it is not. It's no. very unneeded. It's very it's very you can tell it's pre Family Guy, like not Family Guy the show, mm-hmm. Family Guy Kevin Smith, because like he really like with him working on Supergirl and Flash and shit like that." He's definitely Mm -hmm. gone more towards, like, the I'm a family guy. That's why he wanted to do a sequel to Dogma. He's a family guy and doesn't want to kind of have that, not anti-Semitism, kind of like that. that, Well, sure. It's an old old version of him. It's a a young version of Kevin Smith.
1: Well, yeah. Like, the Kevin Smith that we knew in in 2000 was what? He was, like, in his 30s. And the Kevin Smith that we know in 2020 is a totally different person. The fact that he wrote this movie and, like, there is a lot of – I say there's a lot of the majority of this movie is very misogynistic and homophobic. And that's before he raised a daughter, you know? And even though his daughter is in this movie, um, as, as a baby, it's, it's like I said, it's before he had a daughter. It's before he raised a kid and that changes people. And I definitely think that regardless of that, I think Kevin Smith wouldn't have remade this, like wouldn't have made this same movie either uh, in 2020. So that it's, I, I don't like the excuse that this movie is the product of the time, but the fact of the matter is that it is, um, but it doesn't give it a free pass for, um, for being shitty, especially, especially the trouser snake scene, because he does try to like, he, he does try to save it, but it doesn't, it still doesn't work. You can't, you can't save it. And even, um, I think the most redeemable part of, like, the, the entire van sequence when they're all trapped in the van going to Colorado is Sean William Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking because Sean Yeah, because Sean William Scott is definitely playing the um, the simp. <laughs> 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 I guess that's the best way to put it. And everybody's like, ah, you know. And they love him and they're pretending to love him and all this shit. And he... He's a very gross person, but even he has better intentions than Jay. You know? God, Sean Williams
0: Scott wasn't the original simp. Holy shit. He was
1: the original Simp in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. But he had to he had to pay for his sins in American Pie, who he was yeah. also in with uh with Jason uh, Biggs. With Jason Biggs and uh in Shannon Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I really think that we really like we've hit on the point. Like this movie is it needs to be talked about. Yeah. it's it's possible to enjoy the movie but it also mm-hmm. needs to be recognized that it is not it needs to be discussed as it's not mm-hmm. good it's not it is it, it, it i want i don't want to say it's not good cuz it is a good movie it's not terrible i will say that now it is not a terrible movie for qu- content like for quality but the mm-hmm. content of the movie itself there is a lot of it is terrible and it's one of those weird 50/50s which is unfortunate mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and the thing is like I I definitely lean more toward terrible. But I do agree that uh I think largely this movie Man, I don't even know. I don't it's it's tough because yeah, like you said, we've we've hit on all the negatives. I I won't harp much longer about it, but it's tough because it's tough growing up on this movie and then like and then watching it today and talking about it publicly is just a very like uh sobering sobering moment i guess you could say is it that terrible no it's not that terrible it could be a lot worse i think most things could be a lot worse um it works as a movie it achieves what it's trying to do but it is very much plagued by the ghost of uh ghost of 2001
0: yeah I think that's like that's my big thing is seeing it through tinted glasses it's hard for me to like i mm-hmm. can recognize the bad and it's hard for me to label it as a bad movie yeah because i, I also fucking love this movie like it's simple as that. i love this movie yeah. i love this universe
1: the fact the fact of the matter is we have biases you know yeah and it sucks but we we're humans and we do but um but yeah like if i were to tell people if someone was to ask me if um if they should watch this movie I would say I would say get real drunk and watch it or watch it with a group of friends and go into it knowing what's going to happen, knowing what type of humor you're about to um, about to sit an hour and 45 minutes through. Yeah,
0: it's definitely a view with a disclaimer. Yeah, it's a watch. If you ask me to watch, if you ask me if you want to watch it, I'd say watch it, but give you a disclaimer beforehand. Like, hey, does not hold up.
1: Yeah, this movie is a big asterisk.
0: Yes. Yeah, and I, I think I think we really covered the bad, and I don't want to I don't I don't if you want to go on the longer we can, but I think we have really hit enough. Yeah, I want to I want to bring it back with uh, kind of some fun of your feud of the week, of who, the, <laughs> who the fuck you're fighting from this movie?
1: Fuck, I sh- man, I gotta prep for this. This is like
0: <laughs> no, it's think better got... going in blind. It's I better. Know. I like I like watching you kind of struggle a little bit, and figure it out.
1: God, I almost just want to fight this movie <laughs> to be perfectly <laughs> honest, like. Oh God! Oh God! Who's my feud of the week? Who do I? Who should get the shit kicked out of them in this movie? Um, I'm trying to think of the. I'm trying to think of uh, our cast of characters here. Man, everybody's so good. I can't. I can't beat up Carrie Fisher.
0: No, we cannot beat up Carrie
1: Fisher. Rest in peace. Because uh, she'd kick your ass. She would. She'd fly in space or something. Uh. <laughs> Damn, dude! I'm gonna throw out a
0: controversial, controversial idea for you. Okay. I think fighting Jay might be.
1: Oh my god! Y- you know, I went to school like I went to high school with people like Jay. I'll fight Jay. I'll fucking fight is. Jay. Yeah, like a
0: shocking turn of events.
1: Because Jay is totally. Spirit of the
0: week is Jay.
1: Yeah, Jay is totally the type of guy that would have like fucking made my life miserable in high school. And yeah. I can almost put a name to the person. I'm not going to. They're never going <laughs> to listen to the show. Um, I would never even claim that this person exists. But, like, <laughs> yeah, fuck Jay, dude. I'll beat the shit out of Jay. Because he's he'd be a dumb bitch and try to run, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, There it given. is. Given your boy Morgan is like a, a cool five five, <laughs> like, <laughs> and Jason Muse is probably like six one six two. I'd beat the fuck out of Jason, not Jason Muse, just Jay. <laughs> Jason Muse, he's got his shit together. He's a very good dude.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. I think that does it. This week's episode of It's Not That Terrible. Yeah. Morgan, where can the people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at PilsyNagram. That's P-I-L-S-Y-H n-a-g-r-o-m uh that all that will also lead you to eh, i guess just my twitter but you can find me with that handle on instagram that i don't use you can add me on playstation you can add me wherever you want to add me um i don't do anything really cool outside of this so just uh just stick around for my for my dumb tweets and uh and we'll see you next week
0: yeah, and you guys can find me on Twitter at Y-R-O-K-A-Z underscore N-W-O-R-B. You can find me on Instagram at Y-R-O-K-A-Z. On, basically, everything is at Y-R-O-K-A-Z except for Twitter, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah, and you can also follow the show itself at INTTPod yes. on Twitter. Um, you know, if you are a content creator listening or you're someone who would like to guest in the podcast, please reach out to us. We're always looking for guests. We had Cam on from Nespod last week. We want to have people on the show to talk with us because it's more fun having that third chair to kind of throw things at and hear what they have to say back. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, Please check out the Twitter. Give us some suggestions. Get on the show, you know. Let's have a good time.
1: And give us a rating on whatever podcast service you use. If you're using Google Play, if you're using iTunes, give us a rating. You can rate this up. You can rate however you want to. Give us five stars and then just poop all over us.
0: Yeah, I prefer that. If you give us five stars and then talk Mm -hmm. shit in the comments... We yeah. will not fly out to where you are. We will not find you. We'll just no. We'll just soak in the anger. Okay. We won't come and get you.
1: Yeah. Just we'll rate pass us, it. please. Oh, actually, give us bad reviews and the no. Sorry, give us five stars. <laughs> Don't do that, us, please. <laughs> listen, give us five stars, but then give us like bad reviews so we can read them on the show.
0: There we go. That's it.
1: <laughs> that'd be a, that'd be a much better idea. We got um, a new segment. But before before I go, I do want to apologize for this being such a bummer of a show. I know a lot of folks love this movie. Uh this was just a really tough one to do and I wish we could have come out of this more positive, but this movie deserved the criticism that it got. And I'm I'm proud of the episode that we did, but this uh this movie is just it just is what it is
0: i i 100 agree i think we did a bummer episode the good news is next week we are yes. doing i think the the not as controversial view askew film mall rats the redemption which is one of my all-time favorite movies yeah. mall rats the view askew redemption next week thank you for listening and good night
1: thank you guys